Hello and welcome to Dealing Club, Melbourne Demons Family. Mitz, I think I'm in the sixth stage of grief for a Melbourne supporter. Anticipation for future draft picks. Where are you at right now? Well, I thought we were tanking at one point on the weekend when I saw Oscar McDonald line up in the forward line. Mm. I was like, ah, here are the interesting positional changes that seem very reminiscent of that game against Richmond. Right, Um, like Mark Jamar at... Is it Jamar at full forward or is it Matthew Warnock at full yeah, forward? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I sort of thought that maybe we were tanking um, at that point, but apparently we weren't. Um, yeah, we are. We, the fact that we're, our attention is now exclusively on draft picks and what we're going to do with pick two is a pretty, pretty big indictment on the season that's been. Yeah, yeah. And you're pretty, you're still in the anger stage. I, think it's I am, yeah. yeah. I, I just, You've been I, in the anger stage probably your whole life. You know, so. my spirit animal is Kane Corns in many ways. <laughs> and um, he has really been critical of Melbourne this week and saying that we're an irrelevant club and that, you know, he just can't understand why. Like someone like Chris Scott has been under more pressure in some ways than Simon Goodwin, which is just absurd. Right. Well, Though I do think that most of the commentary has been about why there's not enough commentary about <laughs> um, Simon Goodwin coming under pressure. It's so very it's very meta, meta isn't, it? isn't it? It's like everybody's like, oh, I can't believe nobody is criticizing Simon Goodwin more for this season, you know, instead of anybody actually just proceeding to criticize him for okay. the season. Yeah. Well, you're definitely filling the void of criticism. Oh. Um, but as a useful counterpoint to you this week, um, we're very excited to introduce our special guest, who's the president of the Simon Goodwin Appreciation Club. Uh, Matt Shea, welcome to the Deluded Podcast. Nada, Kieran, thanks for having me. We um, we were really trying to take some measures in response to criticism that this has become like a Trump propaganda mission. Fox News. Yeah, exactly. Silo. Silo, anti-Simon Goodwin sort of agenda. And so in order to counteract that, we've welcomed Matt onto the podcast. <laughs> and so Matt... That's right. I can't believe uh, that the T-word's already come up twice tanking in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just obviously a reflection, Nader, of, of your anger stage that you're at currently well are you not angry like what's your sort of mental space looking at at the moment yeah uh, frustrated is the word that simon keeps saying and, and certainly something that's uh you know prevalent in my household as well every saturday or sunday morning watching the games so um from abroad but um uh, yeah very very frustrated yeah um i don't know i i think frustration is not really enough because Frustration makes sense several weeks ago when we're playing poorly. Now it's just like, what are we doing to correct the failures? Yeah. And and what does the future really look like? Because I do think that I, I, you know, I hear what people like. So Gorn wrote this article in the Herald Sun saying, you know, you don't just make make it to a preliminary final as a flash in the pan, which I appreciate. But, you know, the, the future doesn't look that promising in some ways right like I mean we just how do we fix we've got to fix this outside skill and this ball ball movement issue and the pace issue um in terms of our small forward line I still don't really see it coming together at all um obviously there's a few players who could come back in but you know where is our next superstar Charlie Cameron-esque small forward and you know will T-Mac and Wiedemann manage to work together in tandem next year to a much better effect I don't know these are big remaining questions yeah and yeah, so I think, um, sorry, sorry, Kieran, but I think, um, uh, you know, what we've all been doing the last, you know, six weeks is just trying to look for the positives. And we're seeing individual players pop up and have some good games, but as a team, we're not seeing this cohesive um, uh, performance. And, and that's the really frustrating thing across the last six weeks. And hopefully we can get something out of the next couple of weeks, but I can't believe we're at this stage and we're, we're still saying this. Well, absolutely. And maybe that's a good point to start talking about the game. 
Um, so as you mentioned, Matt, there have been flashes. I mean, Petrarca's opening that awesome. first quarter yep. looked like someone who could be an absolute superstar. Um, Fritsch in pieces throughout the game. Um, maybe a couple of others, but yeah, it, it does feel like a few random individual performance scattered through a sea of mediocrity. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. It's just a very... um, And look, the thing about track is, as always, he started amazingly, and you sort of sit there thinking, this guy is legit going to be one of the best players in the competition. But then he just fades out again because obviously he doesn't necessarily have that fitness base. So it will be very interesting to see how Burgess approaches Petrarca in particular. Mm. I mean, if Burgess is really this fitness guru that he's being trumpeted as being I would I'm going to be really interested in seeing how he sort of you know improves Petrarca's endurance throughout the game because he just can't we can't afford to have Petrarca as a one quarter player we just can't we we don't have that kind of team we 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 have a team that's not as skillful and we really need him to be able to play out all four quarters yeah I think you're right Ned I think as well we've got to consider that we can't expect him to be 100% on the you know you know 100% of the time um, right. That goes for all players, but geez, he just oozed confidence uh, yesterday, which was just fantastic to see. When he had the ball in hand, he just he didn't look to give off too much. He kicked a couple of goals. I think he really, really looked um, a lot more settled in the side. And I just love him in that sort of half-forward, forward role. Um, he looks great. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I guess the problem is around him, there wasn't a huge amount happening Um and, and one thing you mentioned, Matt, is Jake Melksham, um, who, in fairness, has been out for much of this season, really struggled in a way that we haven't seen in a long time from him. Yeah, I think he started up forward and then we moved in mid, maybe in the second quarter, because um, he can create with his ball use. He's done so, so many times off half-back, and we played him there over the last couple of seasons. He can really kickstart um, some great pressure, you know, by boot. Um, and sadly, yesterday, I think he went at 41% disposal efficiency he was nowhere near his best I know he's getting back in the side and he's um, just getting comfortable again but yeah that was really disappointing um, because we we had about I think seven goals kicked from turnovers and um, he didn't help so that was very frustrating yeah you have to imagine that with the with the preseason he'll hopefully get back to what he was last year Um, because we need him so badly I mean our entries into the forward line Poorly. I think last year he was actually, I think he was number one in the league for, for one-on-one contests. He, he had this, you know, ability to just beat his man one-on-one. Um, and then he's just an elite user. And, um, but he's just, yeah, obviously injuries has been the, the story of the whole year for a lot of players and it's certainly been his story as well. Well, I think the bigger issue as well is that we just, the small forward problem is becoming so, so obvious. Like we just don't win many ground balls and that's just because we don't have enough small forwards. And look, we, Mitch Hannon is someone I've always really liked, but I don't really know. I mean, he's just had a really bad season because of injury mostly, but injury in form has not really helped him. But where is he at at the moment? My view, yeah, obviously he's got the injury. I think it's an ankle. Uh, could be wrong, but... Um, yeah, I think he's such a great prospect for us because he can play that small and mid-size um, forward. He can certainly take contested marks. Um, he's got a great leap. Um, we've seen VFL and AFL. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, he can't get his body fit at the moment. Um, so yeah, he's obviously one that we just chalk away for next year and hopefully you know, he has a great pre-season and comes back um, really fit for 2020. And what about Spargo? Where's he at? Yes, Spargo. Um, I think he's got a couple of weeks to go, um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be the player you know we expect him to be. You know, he's lively, um, 
that you know I, I really miss. I'm a big garlic man, um, and I'd love to see Jeff back in the side, but I'm, I'm not sure what the contract will do. Um, you know, for, for next year. But when he when he was um, you know in, in his best, he could be one of the, the best small forwards in the comp. Totally. I mean, he kicked forty goals twice, which is an enormous amount of goals for a small forward. I mean, even Charlie Cameron, who's had this dominant year, I think he's just got to fifty after kicking six last week. So, yeah. So Garlet's seasons were very, very impressive. What do you guys think of the, the petty up forward? Great hands, the kicking and the conversion issues. I mean, but then it's also, I mean, how can you really expect that much of him given that he's playing forward for the first time in his whole life, you know, in a team that's not great in terms of its forward entries where he is now expected to be the lone wolf in the forward line? Hmm. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot to put on him, but I think that he's showing a bit. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know... Thinking about yesterday and what happened and looking at our forward line on paper, when you've got Petty and Oscar McDonald um, <laughs> as, the, as the big targets up forward, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not surprised we, you know, scored 52 or 53 points, whatever it was. Um, so, I mean, that, that, you know, that, that's going to be a battle for, for Sydney next week as well. But um, I'm glad we're, we're experimenting, but at the same time, it, it makes me feel sick when I see the two of them on, on paper up forward. It's not the best forward line. It's not the most commanding forward line going around, is it? Well, let's talk about some of the selections for this week. Because I think this was a very strange week, even in the context of experimentation. I mean, as you mentioned, Oscar to full forward, which to me is Goodwin's one trick, the defender to forward trick. Uh, and then Gorn described himself as playing as almost a tagging role on Grundy. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Which didn't seem to go all that well after the first quarter. Um, no one on side bottom. Um, which I think was remarkable, given how much he carves us up. Every year. Right. And then, like, I understand not playing Marty Hoare, I suppose, but to me he would have been a great matchup for Majacek. I don't exactly understand right not size. Marty Hoare. I thought that was really poor selection from Goodwin. Yeah. What did, you, what did you guys think about the selection in general? It just seemed a bit all over the place to me. Well, a little bit controversial. I would love to see um, our number two Ruckman back in the side. I'm disappointed he left the side, I know. He, um, you know, ha- hasn't performed at senior level, but I just get the feeling that he's had such a great year in VFL. You know, the, the, I feel like every, every fan was demanding for him to be back in the side. Big Prusy. Um he came in, he, he didn't, you know, it didn't really connect well, and it didn't seem to really, obviously, work up forward or, or even around the ground. But I'd love to see him just play for the next two weeks, um, give him some time. He had a ripper game in the VFL again. I think he had 75 hitouts. Um, you know, let's just sit him forward, see if he can clunk and kick two goals. and um, That'll be a big pass mark. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair call. I mean, we were, I think, last week calling for him to be dropped. But having said that, had we known that the contrast was Oscar McDonald playing forward, I would have kept Bruce just to keep with that experiment. Oh, definitely. But why isn't Hoare in the, in the side? He had an awesome game in the VFL. Like, I really believe in Hoare, and I think he would have been a better matchup for my check than Lever because... I mean, as much as we like Lever and really respect him, I think he is just better when he's playing a kind of unaccountable interceptor role mm. rather than being a one-on-one defender. I mean, Majacek kicked four goals. Yeah, he did dominate. But what, what did you guys think of Lever's game? I really thought he, he looked, you know, a lot more comfortable and he seemed to come off his mat at the right points and, again, you know, do those great spoils out of, you know, out of boundary and really take some of the pressure off us at different stages. His disposal comes into question a fair bit. But, yeah. Um, I thought he had a pretty solid game. I think he was pretty good. It's always those one-on-one contests, though, that are the concern. That expose him, I mean, I like, like in the grand final. Um, that's where he can be beaten. But, yeah, he'll add a lot to us. 
I just think he depends so much on May and Frost playing well. I think so too. Um, and if we get that going, I think Lever could be one of the best defenders in the comp. But, I don't but we know. need that. We need that trio to work really well. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, look, the lack of tag on side bottom just blew my mind. Like, where was Harms? Why wasn't anyone running with him? Yeah, or even Jones on side bottom. Yeah, you know, um, just baffling. Absolutely and then Gorn playing as a tagger on Grundy. Yeah, you know, that's just strange to me. I mean, why don't you just let them go head to head? Let Gorn do his thing. Let Grundy do his thing, and see how they go. I don't know. It just doesn't really. I I I I think that like. The Gorn, that was always something we could potentially neutralize. We were never going to be able to neutralize the outside skill and speed of Collingwood unless we had someone playing directly on side bottom or Trelaw. Yeah, absolutely. Small one from me, guys. I'm a big fan of JK. Um, what do you think of Kennedy Harris's game yesterday? I thought he was pretty handy. I mean, he had, I think, 20-odd disposals. He's very good at yeah, getting the ball. Yeah, ball, yeah. I mean, his, kick, his kicking is just permanently the thing that doesn't have that much impact. But, yes. you know, he, he's a useful player. I'm fine with him being on the list as a depth player. Oh, I'm definitely happy for him to stay on the list. I think he should. I think he yeah. showed enough. Yeah. 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 But having said that, I think if we're thinking about our premiership team, it's very hard to imagine that he'll be in it. Yeah. But he always gets cursed with injuries, you know? Like, I think he just needs, like, a proper run at it. And, um, and and then maybe we can actually make a proper assessment as to where he fits in on the list. I think it's just hard because he's so commonly, so often injured. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he's... Uh, the, the disposal is, is the, the big um, uh, issue in his game at the moment. He just does these kicks. I don't know if it's a, a bad execution or just poor, poor decision-making. Um, but I'm really hoping if he can just um, relax and get a bit more... Um, bit more um, uh, concentration in his game, he can hopefully connect better with his kicking. See, that could, it could be really quite a damaging, damaging player with his dash. Definitely, definitely. And I, there's no question he's earned a spot in the team for the rest of the season mm. um, to see where he goes. Um, one player who's out for the rest of the season is Stephen May. Um, what a weird year that's oh, been. Oh, God. Well, yeah. So what do oh, you think gosh. about the trade, Matt? Let's, let's hear it from... I think our listeners have heard often about my views on the trade but let's hear from you oh absolutely wrapped with mate you know I think um, <laughs> he's going to give so much to the team he's, you know I think he's 28 years old which uh, doesn't worry me because I hope he can play to 33 um, but uh, yeah he's rock solid I'm loving how he gets stuck into Frost and he seems very vocal on um, on game day so you know he's certainly a leader now back for us um, just got to get his body right obviously um uh, I think there's, you know, well reported he had some sloppy pre-seasons at Gold Coast and um, we just got to get him on ice now and get him, get him uh, set for next year. Look, I, I get frustrated with May mostly because he's just constantly injured and it seems as if it's all pretty much related to the fact that he turned up to pre-season not in great shape. So I tend to get frustrated about that. I do think, though, like some of his defensive efforts are pretty remarkable. He really is a very desperate defender mm. and exactly what we need in that sense. Um, so look, I mean, I just, I'm just constantly frustrated. I think I will reserve, no, I'm not going to reserve. I've been judging him all year, but I will try and reserve future judgment until he has a really good preseason yeah. and see how he goes. Cause that's the real test, isn't it? I mean, if he turns up into preseason next season, as he did this season, and then he's in and out of the side, I mean, he's just not useful to us. <laughs> like, yeah, that'd be devastating for us. So, um, something we can't have so he's just got to be fit next year exactly yeah I think for a lot of our players you just have to say this year is a bit of an aberration let's just see what happens next year right same with T-Mac yeah 
you know, um, God, I hope that, that next year's better for some of these players. Well, it better be. I mean, otherwise, Goodwin is going to really be the one on the chopping block. All the pressure well, will come on Goodwin. He's under, he's under plenty, plenty of pressure at the moment. I'd love to talk about that a little bit later. But, um, Let's talk about it now. That's okay. Fine. Okay, dive in. Um, something that, I, that I've spoken to the two of you about and something I don't love talking about because I'm a big Goodwin man is um, you know, something regarding anxiety. And I think the pressure that has really gotten to him this year um, and I sent you guys a few a few clips during the week of press conferences that he's had, or I believe he's virtually had a meltdown um, during the during the comp- the, the, um, the chat. But um, what what's your take on it? Do you, do you guys think, agree with you know with, with the videos I've sent through? Well, they're quite remarkable because when you told me this, I was a bit skeptical, um, and I assumed you were pointing to some kind of low level anxiety. But you watched them, and he looks like he's pretty much crying for extended periods of these midweek press conferences. And remarkably, it hasn't been reported. Or maybe not remarkably. I guess guess the media maybe doesn't want to report it. Um, But they're quite amazing clips. And we'll post a few of these on our um, our, uh, Facebook and Instagram page. Uh, But it's just amazing to see he's clearly going through something. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, you... The thing is, is he's not delusional, right? Like he knows that he's taken a team that was in the preliminary final now to second last and that his job is under some serious pressure. And yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, I mean, it's all just kind of getting to him now. Yeah. So for, for the listeners, um, uh, I think it was the late, late May, there was that episode where Simon Goodwin left the, the press conference quite dizzy. Um, and I think Troy Chaplin jumped in and, and took the took the discussion and, and it went, went fine and it was, you know, sort of laughed off. But watching the press conferences, I think the Wednesday or Thursday press conferences uh, a few weeks after that, um, yeah, it, it's really evident that Simon really struggling in front of the media, seems to be struggling with the, with the pressure and, um, yeah, didn't cope well at all. There's a, well, yeah, as you said, Kieran, yeah, we can provide some details in the show notes. But, um, yeah, it looked like an absolute car crash um, on the, the early June uh, press conference he had it was horrible so look the person who is really closely tracking midweek press conferences none other than Matt Shea so he's <laughs> yes. the real journalist behind this entire scoop so I we know. just want to make sure we pay credit to that well we like to have a scoop every week I mean last week we scooped Max Gorn angling for the captaincy based on his twitter likes based on his twitter yeah. likes uh, <laughs> this week we're diagnosing Goodwin with some kind of low level anxiety or yeah. high level anxiety I don't even know what yeah, it is I, I, I think Yes, it's important to note, though, you know, that this is, you know, I'm sure we've all struggled with these sort of things in different aspects of our life. And Simon, you know, he's going through a really tough time at the moment professionally. He's under the pump. Um, and, and, you know, maybe it's that, maybe it's some other, you know, bits involved in his personal life as well. But um, he certainly, you know, has struggled with these press conferences throughout the year. Oh, totally, totally. And you watch yeah. these and you feel really sorry for him. And it makes you think, do you think we need, once again, a kind of an experienced mentor type to come back into the team because obviously he was groomed under Ruzi um, and it seems like he's had a bit of a fractious relationship with McCartney uh, maybe we do need another kind of veteran a Chris Fagan type to just kind of be around the club is that a bit yeah just maybe just take a little bit of pressure off him and, um, and yeah, even take some of these press conferences perhaps Right, because it seems like he's got a very good bond with the players. That is one thing Goodwin does seem to have. And that's what Gorney said as well in his, his weekly article. He said that they do, they do, I think, generally love Goodwin and think that he is the right man to take him forward, even though I'm very critical. Um, but, you know, he is, he is generally quite loved. And so, 
Yeah, I think it's also that a lot of the assistant coaches do seem to be quite young assistant coaches, mm. um, like sort of the Max Rook types and the Troy Chaplins. Like maybe they need some older assistant coaches who've been in the game for like 10 or so, 10 to 12 years or things like that. I mean, Rawlings was a Rulings caretaker is, coach. That's he's, true. He's experience. That's true. Yeah. But is he the only one? Yeah. It'd be tough, you know, and you're, not, you're not just coaching the players. You, you've got to report back into the president and, you know, and, and potentially the board and, so you've got that pressure there and then you've got the pressure from the media and then you've got the fans as well wanting it, wanting a piece of you all the time. So it's not just, um, you're not just coaching a footy club, it's a quite a dynamic position. Yeah. Right, totally. Yeah, it's really like the manager in uh, soccer, right? Uh, in in mm. football. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But watching, watching these are, are a bit troubling. Hopefully, um, hopefully he's in a better spot now. Um, now time for... Uh, well, it's not a new segment anymore. The second time I've run it, the Departure Lounge. Yes. Um, big news of the week is Corey Maynard, who we called to return to the team, has retired immediately. Yeah, you guys were asking about him last week. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's decided to ship off, sadly. It is a bit sad. I thought he showed a little bit in his first season. I think he did as well. I mean, it sounds as if he's just got persistent hip issues and, you know, and that are sort of a little bit difficult to overcome but no I think he showed a bit as well I think it's a bit unfortunate he didn't get more of an opportunity um you know particularly this year when the dream wasn't performing particularly well mm. um because he really is a bit of a contested animal and he does find the footy yeah he was an absolute bull he was sort of similar to Vandenberg in my mind um the way he attacked the footy um which is great but one thing I'm, I'm, I'm happy about is I, I don't think he had the best disposal because he didn't come from a, the greatest footy background um, yeah upbringing I think so um yeah, I think in that sense, it's, it's, I'm happy to see a, a, a poor disposal player leave, leave the club, but it's sad that he, he, he couldn't, couldn't make it work in the end. You know what, it's a real shame because we often um, choose to deliberately retain as many poor disposal players as possible. So this is like a real, you know, divergence from our usual team <laughs> strategy. I'm just gutted that we didn't pick up his brother, uh, Braden Maynard. I mean, he was massive D's fan, that family, like massive D's fans. Um, and we could have had him. I don't think he was particularly high in the draft. But there were questions about his disposal. And you look at the way he's playing He's now, such a gun. He's an absolute jet. Yeah, he's a jet. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, so what about Josh Jenkins? Kieran, you put this on the agenda, <laughs> both to Matt and my displeasure. Well, I'm not calling for us to get Josh Jenkins. Really? I That's how I interpret it. To eh? me, he's the classic player that Melbourne will pursue, which is we need a short-term fix. He's disillusioned with his club. Um, he's like Ben Holland or something back in the day. You know, there's like... He can take some marks. No one disputes that. He's leaking stories to the media. He's going to be like, if, if, if like the club and Hogan are mad about, um, you know, Tom Morris getting stories about McCartney and Goodwin's relationship, like Josh Goodwin, Josh Jenkins will be feeding those stories to the media in the future. <laughs> you know what we need back, guys? We need Cam Peterson back in the side. Ah, oh, this is music to yes. Kieran's ears. Yes. He's playing for the, um, like, what is it? The Phillip Island um, Pelicans. No, the Pelicans are Penguins. <laughs> Uh, and kicking six goals a week, I think. Really? Yeah, I miss him. He, you know, he, had the, he had a good clunky. I mean, he could barely jump, sadly, but um, he um, could certainly uh, you know, put up a, a decent contest up forward, which is just what we're lacking at the moment. So I um, don't know where that... You know, I don't, I'm not sure you know, how many players or how many forwards on the market this year, but I'm certain we'll be, um, we'll be on the hunt. Well, so to put it in context um, to our listeners out there, Matt and Kieran have a lot in common, not just their mutual love of Cam Pedersen. So we met Matt at this wedding that we went to in Ibiza, um, which was, I'm sure our listeners will remember from a few um, episodes ago, and they forged a very strong bromance um, over their mutual love of Pedersen. 
Uh, and also... We won't bring this up later. Pedersen, among uh, among other things, we both go to quite extreme lengths to not know the score of games that we can't watch live. Uh, so, Matt, I think you've got some tricks for for achieving that. Yeah, the, I use the um, you know the, the live app and, and constantly flicking it up to my Apple TV, but for some reason it'll just jump forward to the end of the game or, or last quarter, and I've been burnt a couple of times. So I'll somehow have one eye on one edge of the screen, have the, the volume off so I can't hear anything in case it jumps. Um, the worst part is my partner will always check the scores and then I'll have to read her emotions and what she's saying and what she's not saying and I start making judgments on whether we're going to win or not. Um, it's a horrible battle every Sunday morning. I love that. I've always said that I can look at Nita and tell the score, not just not just score, the goals and behinds. You know, Who played like, well. Who played well, who played badly. <laughs> Literally by looking at my face, which I don't think is right. Actually, maybe it is right because usually I'll be mouthing some obscenity so you can probably tell when I'm like, you know, like F you, Oscar McDonald. <laughs> I mean, that's, exactly that's, how fa- the, that's fairly clear. how the game went. Yeah, that's a- that's a good assumption. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I too, I'm a little bit more literal in terms of my feelings on my face. Um, um, this season, though, I mean, don't even need the suspense. We've always lost, so it's actually very simple. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy. Um, Matt, this week's Rowan Bale Award for Most Underrated Performance. You got the honour this week of awarding that. Yeah, I'd love to bring up uh, Corey Wagner, I believe it is, not Josh. Um, Corey, I thought he played a great game. Um, and he just looked so lively um, at the footy. When, when there were packs of plays, he just had this look in his eyes. It was like he was playing for his career, um, which, even, which, even, you know, <laughs> which he is. So, um, I, I, yeah, he gets the votes for me this week. You guys? I really agree with that. I thought, you know what? His pressure was really excellent. Particularly I, the first half. He had a yeah, first half, he did. Yeah. He did. And I, some of his second and third efforts were awesome. Yeah, the thing about him is he reminds me a little bit of... Um, when Harms came into the team and he was very scrappy and made a lot of mistakes, but he had this kind of gusto about the way he played, which you could see from the start. And so Wagner can clean up his disposal and, and stop making some critical errors at critical times. He, he could actually be a really good player, I reckon. Yeah. 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 He attacks the contest as hard as he attacks the sexting. Oh, Kieran. Sorry. Oh, what? Oh, I, don't, I don't think I've heard this. Oh, maybe I don't need to. <laughs> oh, Kieran. Classic Kieran. Uh, we'll leave that to the listeners and Matt to research online. I think I you'd have to go to the depths of Reddit to find that. <laughs> I don't think oh, that's true. Nice. I don't think it was sexting um, what, either. What, anyway. What, what, what changes are we having this week for Sydney? Do we know? Well, May's obviously going to be out. Um, surely Hall gets a go this week. Yeah, he must. He has to. If they don't bring in Marty Hall, we will. I will start an, like an, an, a petition. We'll start a petition. Yes, oh, no. that's how wild. That'll, that'll show them. <laughs> I know. I think you thought. I thought I was going to say I was going to start a protest movement, but instead I just went with petition. I will start a change.org petition. Well, I think I, I think that's unlikely, but I'd love to see Bruce back in the side um, for, for Oscar McDonald. I think if we're going to have Oscar up forward. Um, I, th- I think we're a better chance with with Prusy longer term. So I agree with that. Just has the biggest crush on Oscar, but um, and the fans don't seem to. But um, well, I'd love to see Prusy back in. One thing on Oscar, and this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, he actually wasn't that bad this game. I don't think, and weirdly, he's actually all right with the ball in hand, and has some level of composure. I think he's he's just not a very good one on one defender, which is his job, but. I think he didn't look that bad. Do you think he looked all right up the ground at times? 
then... He kicked a goal. Yeah, first goal in AFL footy. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah first goal. Yeah, yeah first, first goal, goal exactly. Yeah. Uh, look, I probably would tend to agree with Matt in the sense that if, we are, if we're looking to Oscar McDonald to be our pillar in the forward line, you know, I, maybe give Proust a goal, but give somebody else a go. Yeah. I mean, at least Proust did kick two goals, which were awesome, against the Swans um, last time we that played a, them. It was a long time ago. It was a long time oh, ago, yeah. but he looked very good in that game. That's true. He did look good 20 weeks ago. The goal from the boundary, that was incredible. Yeah, that was awesome. See? So bring him back against the Swans, his team. His team, yeah. (laughs) The Swans fear Prusy, okay? They don't know what to do with Prusy. Yeah, I I think we should should play him. I don't know if we have any other forwards. I mean, what happened to Toby Bedford? Neil Neil Bullens, you know, could be a chance to come back in. I don't think he should be in the team. I know he's had a tough year, but um, he can kick goals. Um, And that's certainly what we need at the moment, because this forward line, again, just Pezzi, Oscar, Fritch, Petrarchan. If you put those names up on the board at the start of the season and said, hey guys, this is what our forward line's going to look like. Petty, Oscar McDonald. (laughs) People would be like, that is the worst forward line in the AFL and therefore it really is. But anyway, that's quite comical. I do think, um, uh, one question I have for you guys, Kyle Dunkley. I like his endeavour. I mean, again, I don't really see why we needed to draft an inside midfielder. Well, he's more a small forward. He's not an inside midfielder. Well, he's not particularly great with the disposal. Yeah, I think he's meant to be more of a high half forward. But, yeah, I mean, he's, look, he's young. It's, he's it's young. Hard, it's hard but do to we continue him. to keep playing him? Oh, I don't know. It's super tough because you, you want to get games into these kids. But I, I watch him out there. You know, he gets... I don't know how many disposal has, but maybe he had six disposals on yesterday. I could be wrong. He just looks like a, a boy out there, you know, and he is. So he looks I'd lost, love, doesn't he? I'd love to just get, you know, I really want us to get, you know, more of a team strategy. I'd much rather us to get one or two wins on the board um, out of the next couple of games, just to give us something to hang on to. Yeah, and I think the reality is that look. There are a lot of young players in the team at the moment. I mean, Oscar Baker has been in the team. Mm. Um, Kyle Dunkley. Um, Wagner. Wagner. It's just, it is a very young team in that sense. Yeah, and I don't really know who would come in. There aren't a huge amount of obvious options, other than going back to the Neil Bullen well. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a well that Kieran feels has been, been well and truly tapped. A long drained. time ago. A long, long time ago. So I don't know. I mean, I I don't mind giving Dunkley another couple of goes because he didn't get a preseason, and you know, he's getting something out of the season. Maybe, um, maybe just hope you'll turn into Josh Dunkley. Which... Oh God, that'd be amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah he's an absolute ball. He's a star. He's like the new Josh Kennedy yeah. from Sydney. He's unbelievable. Um, okay, so guys, what do we think about this week? Do we win? Margin. For me, we win. You know, under a goal, we just such a one-eyed horrible Melbourne supporter I just want us to win this game we have to win this game so I'm, I'm chalking us down as a win yeah I mean look it's a home game I don't think the Swans are very good um, but then again we're pretty bad uh, I think we will win I think we have been knocking on the door for quite a while and haven't quite put it together we'll do enough to scrap out a win I, I agree though Matt I think it'll be very close I think we'll win but I think it's going to be stupidly close like yeah. a kick or maybe like three points yeah. I think something to watch for, you know, we spoke about Melksham earlier. Um, you know, let's, let's look out look for him Friday because um, I think, you know, he got, he got plenty of the footy uh, yesterday um, and just didn't didn't connect at all, you know, horrible disposal efficiency. Usually he's a lot better than that. So he could be, you know, hopefully have a bit of a breakout game next week. 
Yeah, very good prediction. Um, well, thank you very much, Matt, for joining this week's Deluded podcast. Very accomplished debut from you. Thanks for having me, guys. I'd, I'd love to ask just a couple of questions, if you don't mind, as a, purely as a fan. Oh, well, I love this. We I'm love fan that, mail. We get none of it. So this <laughs> is really exciting for us. Well, yeah, I just, I just, I'm just curious. What's the plan for the, for the figure two for the remainder of the year? How many more podcasts are you churning out? Um, and, uh, yeah, what are the next, you know, sort of six weeks look like for you guys? Well, I don't know. There's only a couple more games, I suppose, um, which in some ways is a relief, would you say, Nick? Oh, I would say so. I mean, it's hard to keep fronting up to our job week in, week out. It's like Simon Goodwin's press conference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, no, but it does because you sort of sit there and you just have this sense of malaise, you know, every single Sunday morning for us. So, yeah, I think um, I think we'll have a couple more podcasts to round out the season, um, hopefully a couple of wins in there, fingers crossed. And then uh, we will have a trade uh, period podcast. Yes. In fact, really, we live for the trade period. We really do. We might even have a few. Yeah, we might. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's an exciting time when you're on the bottom of the ladder. It really is, isn't it? And the draft podcast, that's always the most exciting time when people are being compared to, you know, Robbie Gray meets... You know, Lockie Neal meets Nat Five meets yeah. other insane prediction, and you actually start to believe all the hype. Um, and then you find out you've drafted Jimmy Tumpus, and that's a little <laughs> bit more depressing, and your whole life comes crashing down to earth. So, yeah, so a couple more podcasts, or three podcasts Thanks at least. For having me. Uh, you know, you provide a valuable service, and um, keep doing what you're doing. Um, the fans appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Very kind of you. Um, and thanks to all of our listeners for listening. Once again, to the Deluded Podcast, um, we're on Instagram at Deluded Podcast and on Facebook, of course. We're going to post those press conferences so you can make your own assessment of Simon Goodwin's mental state. Uh, but until the game against the Swans, go Dees. Go Dees. Go Dees.